game disc like DVDs? Bethesda's just weird. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square Day Places Podcast. I am your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Saw Bridges, bringing you guys lucky episode 81. 81. 81. 81. Good, 81. Good times. Good times. In case this is your first time finding us, we are Triangle Squared, PlayStation-based podcast. We come at you uh, in video format on YouTube every Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST. And you can find us on podcast services now, including Spotify. Finally. If you listen to us on Spotify and you join us in and you've never heard of us, welcome. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter at Triangle SQRD in case you want to drop in and have some conversations with us there. Of course, we are on Discord uh, and we keep the uh, the link for those down below in the descriptions on YouTube and in the descriptions on podcast services. If you listen on iTunes, consider giving us a review lets people know how we are how we're doing and lets us know how we could do better of course helps get our numbers up there a little bit too uh, it makes it easier for people to find us on that platform uh lastly you can support us on patreon where we do custom cases and are going to start figuring out ways to do probably early content nothing's locked in stone in stone we are just uh, discussing that while we have some big changes that are going to be coming in the coming months uh but with that said i think the last thing we have to talk about is the facebook group uh where mr josh uh, helps us uh keep that running smoothly so thank you josh yeah thank you buddy and with that said saul it's uh been a weird week on my side and a rough week on my side so what have you been doing and has work just been eating you alive yes yes it has so i think we all know that i've been playing a lot of destiny 2 uh <laughs> yeah probably the good news on that front coming up but no i see that i thought i thought you know that may persuade you back into the game yeah. but uh yeah, so Destiny 2 with some friends. We're having some fun. And um, other than that, I don't think I played my PS4 for any other game except Destiny 2. Uh, but I have played my PS Vita quite a lot. I've been kind of chipping away a little bit at Final Fantasy X Remaster. And I've been trying to play through Metal Gear Solid. I'm still not used to the controls. They're really bad. Uh, and I don't think I'll be able to get used to them. So I just don't feel like the game... It's funny that you mentioned that because I never did... Get, I still haven't played it. I don't feel... Like, I, I don't understand why it needed to do all that. Like, it almost seems like they're doing it for the sake of trying to show off the Vita's controls. Possibly, inputs. yeah. But and I, I can't remember those games relying that heavily on back triggers. Oh, they did. Yeah. Okay, am I remembering right? Is it moving through your menu? Or not your menu, but your uh, consumables and stuff? Yeah. Is, you, that, is it, that what Depending it? on the game, you would hold down L trigger to go through your tools. No. Your accessories, it's been a long time and then you go through our trigger. I can't even remember what the boxes are called yeah. uh, down there because it's been what was a I can't think of the last game that that you properly it, used. Those. I mean, I guess technically um, five did, but anyways, I, uh, I don't remember four doing it in the same way. No, I don't think so. Optimal, like uh, our optical camouflage stuff like that. All the stuff that you would typically move through is like automated in a different way. Why didn't we have a four remaster? I think Konami that, get on that, that Konami yeah Konami you're making some yeah. some hitters go ahead and give us that um, but yeah other than that like I think that's that's really been it not a whole lot um, really at all what about you uh, yeah so same thing uh, my grandfather passed this last week so I've been dealing with that and visiting with family which has been uh, nice and refreshing so uh, you know people you never know when someone that is important to you is going to be gone so don't waste a lot of time fighting about dumb things and arguing on Twitter. If you do that, just go and hang out with people you like or play games with people you like. And 
you know, it's interesting. The one thing that it kind of did for me is made me like, I really need to be more present and trying to keep up with the people that I care about in my life. So I'm going to do that. But, um, the only game I've really played this week in service of that has been Terraria uh, as a distraction and as a way to play more games with Donovan, my longtime homeboy, uh, from birth. Um, that's who, why you need destiny Two. I know, but right now I'm at least getting Terraria, which I like a lot. So that's true. You that, know, we, we all know I love Terraria. arguably a better game than destiny too. So getting to play more Terraria is fun. Even though I've had the platinum, I'm having absolutely no problem just playing the game and, and enjoying every second of it, which is nice. Cause I always thought that that game would be easy enough for me to go back to despite having the platinum, but I hadn't necessarily tested that yet. So that's about it. The only other thing I finally did is that the other day on the sale at the beginning of the week, um, before things got real uh, bad, was I bought the FE game. I, I don't really know how you pronounce it. I guess Fee, but maybe not. Maybe it's Fey. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know what game I'm talking about, yeah. though? With like the little wolf-looking dude in the forest who's like... It's actually a kind of cool game. I got it for like... Is that made by the same, bucks? same people who made Sundered? I, no, I don't think so. Okay, they look similar to me. Is is it Sundered's weird? Hand drawn, and you know, Sundered and uh, Faye looks like it could be hand drawn to me. I guess I don't know. It's, Let me make sure I'm thinking about the right game. I don't think you are, um, but yeah, yeah. Tell me that doesn't. Well, maybe maybe because you played through Sundered, I've not played through Sundered, but yeah, I could totally see this being just from similar. an art standpoint. Yeah, think, yeah. No, it's actually a 3D based game. It's more akin to, um, oh Lord, why can't I think right now? Uh, Air Memories of Old. Uh, oh, in okay. terms of look and feel, but gotcha. It's, uh, it's it's a cool game. It's one of those highly uh, artistic, you know, kind of experimental games where it's not beating you over the face of the narrative. Uh, very akin to air uh, memory mold and stuff, where you kind of roll through uh, and it's just happening, but it's all down to your interpretation of what it means to you and how much of a connection there is. It's fun so far and mechanically it's interesting uh, enough, and I got it for cheap enough that I'm enjoying it with a little bit I played earlier. Not very far at all. I also bought, oh, what else did I buy on that sale? Because I bought two different things that I bought two different times. I was like, oh, maybe I'll, oh, I remember it was, I bought it at the same time as I bought the uh, one. Oh man, I don't know then. I thought it was at the same time as I bought one more dungeon, but maybe not. Weird. Oh, well, I've been, pl- I did play one more dungeon a little bit whenever I was up at the nursing home. Uh, you know, whenever Gramps would be asleep asleep and I was kind of just up there. Um, I played that, and that game's still fun. I got through it, and it's a nice, um, you know, whatever you want to call those, a roguelike. Um, and it's interesting because as you go through each level, it changes, you know, yeah. stylistically. And it goes pretty deep. I've gotten like six, I guess, in, which is not that far, but I've not played that much either. But I look forward to playing more of that, and I've been playing my Vita while I have the opportunity since I haven't really been home. But outside of that, uh, I just haven't played a lot of games, but I look hopefully forward to changing that next week. I still have a lot of work to do uh, around the house. Um, But still, um, I guess we can move on into the drop for the time being. So for those that don't know, the drop is this week's PlayStation releases across all of its platforms. First up on the list, we have Crayola Scoot for PS4. A game that is about 21 years too late. We have Drone Striker for PSVR, Fast Striker for PS4 and PS Vita, For Honor Marching Fire Edition for PS4, Gnome's Garden for PS4, Halloween Forever for PS4 and for PS Vita, Heavy Fire Red Shadow for PS4, The Jackbox Party Pack 5 for PS4, Yep, old You Don't Know Jack series. Yep. We have uh, Lego DC Super Villains for PS4. NBA 2K Playgrounds 2 for PS4. 
Overload for PS4. Oh boy, for a split second, I thought that said Overlord, and I was like, I did "How too. have I missed that Overlord is coming in any fa- like any form or fashion?" Yeah, I, that for a, for the splitest of seconds, I was like, "Yep," until I saw that. I know art. that Overlord came to PS4 in the form of that Diablo style ish game. I never got around to playing it. I'm not against playing it, but it's not the Overlord that I wanted. I and not really the anime it. manga Overlord. We're talking oh, about. Oh yeah, we're talking about the Codemaster series. Yeah, PS3. We have Palm Reading Premium. I guess you want if you want your palm red for PS4. Phobos Vector Prime, the first ring for PS4. Pipe for PS4. Alright. Resonance of Fate 4K HD edition for PS4. Gotta love that name. Yeah. Riot Civil Unrest for PS4. Center Sacrifice for Redemption for PS4. Soul Calibur 6 for PS4. Starlink Battle for Atlas for PS4. Game actually looks pretty cool on Switch, at least. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it. it looks the same on PS4. Yeah. The Hunter Call of the Wild 2019 edition for PS4. And Warriors Orochi 4 for PS4. So, Man, that, uh, that palm reader game, I just like to imagine. And I'm sorry if you believe in, in palm reading. I just, I don't. I just want, I, I hope it's a game where you just like, you sim running a palm reading place and just like, try and scam your way out and choose the stupid crap you're going to say to people up near our walmart there's a <laughs> a, a psychics uh poster that's psychic t- psychic reading only ten dollars i'm like only ten dollars it also says psychic redder it's r-e-d-e-r <laughs> why does it really i didn't yeah. even catch that because we were driving by and i'm like it said only ten dollars i'm like yeah that's i laughed really hard at that's it. that only ten dollars yeah that's a good old meal right there Again, but, I hope that that, and I mean, more power to him. I don't even mean this in a bad way. I hope that's just like a homeless dude on the side of the road who set up like a shanty tent and just brings you in there. And it's like, oh, you see that? You see that that right there? That's your love line? That's your. <laughs> I mean, get on him. He's making food money. I doubt that that's what it is, but. Oh, I highly doubt I love that that's what that it is. It's just like. It's legal. Like, I don't understand how it's legal. Oh, I mean. I, what what is it? It's not gambling. I mean, it's somebody telling you it's what fraud. your future is going to be. Yeah, but it's spiritual nature in that sense. I mean, you could if you did that, you'd have to be able to also argue that religion could technically be considered fraud. Yeah, but tithing is optional. This is the service you're paying for. So, but anyways, enough of this nonsense. <laughs> Brett, why don't you hop into the news? All right, so since my week was a little crazy, I just kind of hit the things that I remembered seeing and kind of went back and skimmed through that looked interesting to me. So I may have missed something. If I did, please tell me what it is, and uh, we will talk about it whenever you want to talk about it. You know, you can hit us up in that Discord or on Facebook or whatever. You can talk about it, um, as MGK would say. Um, yeah, there you go. No. Little little hip-hop thing. Blake's going to appreciate that. Maybe. He may just think I'm an idiot. Um, but here we are. PS4 players have been warned lately of a message uh, bug that has been circulating, causing user systems to reportedly softlock. If you've not heard of this yet or made the change, uh, you can stave off the problem really easily. It's not completely foolproof if you have butthole friends. Um, that's just uh, potentially. If your friend just wants to send it to you, be like, ha-ha. Uh, but what you can do is you can go Sense into your PS4 settings. You can drill into account management, uh, go down into privacy settings from there, and change it to where only friends can send you messages. Uh, Sony have yet to fix the problem. They've not even really issued a statement that I've seen as of yet uh, by the time we're recording this. Uh, but if you get caught in this problem for any reason, it appears that the, is, there is two potential fixes for it. Uh, one is that people suggest going into the mobile app and deleting the message from there and then turning on your system or trying to rebuild the database from the safe boot menu on your system by holding down the po- the power button for like 20 seconds and it'll eventually boot into safe mode. Um, 
Interesting. I actually, because I've never turned that setting on just because I don't normally look at messages from people I don't know anyway. Uh, but because I saw this and then last night I got two messages from someone I had no clue who they were. And it was just like, hey. And then like 30 minutes later, sup. And I was like, and off. I was like, I don't know about this. Yeah. I so- try to be nice. Uh, sorry, but I try to be nice because we have a lot of people who listen to the podcast. But I always say if you listen to the podcast and you want Excuse me. If you want to add us, that is perfectly fine. Just in the friends request, say who you are. Yeah, hey, listen to the podcast, um, and you know, just adding y'all from the description or whatever. That's fine. Uh, if you say you're a fan of the podcast, I'll know, and then we'll I'll add you. We can play some stuff together. No problem. Don't just send me a random message going what's up. Um, yeah, it's just because you never know what people are going to message you on PlayStation. Yeah, and I got a, I got, I told it that was uh, in this. Oh, excuse me, Bert. I told in the podcast a long time ago that I got called a, a very homophobic word in Destiny 1 uh, for not reviving my own teammate, which, because I died. But uh, anyway, so I turned it off there, and I turned it back on not too long after, but then I started getting requests like, hey, I'm a girl, and what are you doing? I'm just like, okay, this is ridiculous. My, click through this link and pay me $20. It happened, me. yeah, it happened yeah. like probably 10 times within a week span, and I just turned it off. Um, so yeah, I will say that we, we always leave our PSN IDs in the description below. If you are uh, wanting to play games with us or just add us as friends, be sure to like just let us know who you are, that you listen to the podcast, because I will say this, if you get the message, you don't have to open it up to be screwed. I saw that. Yeah, um, so if you just get the message, you're done. But that's why the fact that they did it like, hey, Seb, I'm like, what if this is somebody setting up for it? Like, they want to talk to me. Take and a look at this. It. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I'm like, I'm turning it off right now. Uh, but with that in mind, I mean, like like Saul says, add us. Uh, speaking of which, right now we're playing Terraria. If you want to play Terraria with me and Donovan, absolutely. Come on. I'll I'll add you in. No problems whatsoever. And, um, and we're playing Destiny. Um, still, play still, Destiny still trying to find that clan. For, uh, for those that want to help me out. I may have to turn to Reddit to find it. <laughs> cough, Tyler, cough, cough. Uh, anyway, so those are your options there. Uh, speaking of crazy PlayStation news, that's not so bad, though it is a little more predictable to what we thought, but PlayStation have finally revealed their plans for PSN name changes, so the rumors last week were true, uh, and they are as expected. Users can expect the first name change to be free, but subsequent changes will cost $9.99 for standard free PSN users, uh, with Plus members being charged $4.99 instead. When changing your ID, and this is where it makes sense, uh, you can opt into showing your original uh, ID alongside the new one so that friends can more easily recognize you. That's smart. I don't remember if Xbox does that, to be honest. No, if um, somebody changes the name on an Xbox, it's just changed. Now, I know that they're still your friend and they're just a new yeah, name, but if of they course. send you a party invite, you'd be like, who, the who is this? Yeah, uh, it's now, happened to me before, actually. Yeah, so with that said, though, you can choose to do this, uh, but... After you make the decision, it cannot be adjusted uh, adjusted after completing the ID change. So if you want people to see it, tag it alongside it so they know who you are, great. If you want to completely get as far away as you can from XX, hey, my name's Booty Booty. 420. 420 underscore XX, then that's okay. You can get away from it. Just uh, maybe do yourself a, a favor and all your friends a favor and just send a message saying, hey, I changed my name. Uh, otherwise, just have fun with them and like send them an invite and be like, yeah. Who's this random person who's on my friends list? Start freaking them out, talking to them through phone, and being like, "Hey, did this guy with this name add you? What? The, who is this? Like, he's been, he just showed up on my friends list one day. I didn't even see it." That's or, right. or find the person that you know has their messages only for friends and message them about how's he getting through. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, that's one way to do it. Uh, anyway, the feature 
is um, only compatible, and this is where I absolutely knew this was going to be true, but getting confirmation of it is interesting. So the feature is only going to be compatible with games published after April 1st, odd date, of uh, this year, with the exception of a few of the biggest games released prior to that, which I assume is like Fortnite, maybe a couple of Call of Duty games. Um I, maybe a Battlefield game. I think Battlefield 4 is actually still pretty widely played, weirdly enough. So that yeah, might be is. one of them. Uh, and they come from developers who constantly pull out online games, so I don't feel like it'd be that crazy. And, of course, stuff like Rainbow Six, uh, yeah. Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yeah. So, again, those are things that make sense, but we'll see. Uh, and I would imagine it's, a, it's all going to be games that have a, a, a large player base today still, and that's what's going to matter more than anything. Um, but PSV and PS, PSV, PS Vita and PS3 games are not guaranteed to work with this feature and might cause some issues. If you run into these issues, you can revert back to your original ID uh, for free. Uh, which should resolve these issues, but you can only revert back once is what it looks like in this, at least in the preview program uh, that's starting out. So yeah, this feature goes into preview, uh, rolling out to pre-registered users who are testers for the system's betas. I am one of them. Um, I don't know if you were, Saul, but you get a little cool badge and whatnot, so that's why I went ahead and did it, and I normally play the betas. Uh, But that will conclude in late November, and then the full release for this is going to be aiming currently for early 2019, of course, it's interesting that they're choosing to do this, but with so many weird caveats, and I knew that was going to happen because of the way everything's set up. And the fact that some people are complaining about the fact that it's not going to work with PS Vita and PS3 games, like, first of all, you don't even have to pay for PS Plus on PS3. Vita is pretty much dead at this point anyway, and as much as I love it, I mean, you have to be realistic at some point. It doesn't make sense to try and make it really work on that level. No, it's too much time and resources to go into something that's going to be insignificant in the first place. I wouldn't doubt it if next year the Vita servers are gone. Like, at least for all online games. That's, that's what I, I mean. Yeah, that's I what I mean. Yeah, I still think the store and stuff. Games, yeah, yeah, the store and stuff is going to stay up for probably a couple, a good couple more years. Yeah. I'm talking about games like Killzone Mercenary. Sure. And, uh, you know, sure. Unit if they're 13. not already down, honestly, they might be. Uh, Resistance Burning Skies is already closed. I mean, wow. It's closed quickly, though, to be fair. Um, but yeah, with that being said, it's one of those things where it, all the information that we've been given leads to the rumor that we heard like over a year ago about it being an I, a nickname that's placed over your ID that the game is just coded differently to tap into. It looks exactly right. So the system's going to be coded to pick up on this nickname now instead of what you were doing. And then what will happen if you opt into showing your original ID, it'll just have a tag that says show ID. And then and normally it'll show your nickname. This is interesting. Uh, and I think it's the, probably the only way they realistically could have done this. And it's... It's good in that it shows that they're listening to fans. Um, yeah. But it also goes to show that we knew they can't fully change this without completely resetting up a new PSN, which would be very costly. It would put them down for a long period of time, potentially. I would imagine a long time, actually. Uh, and then you, it would just be a really hard thing for them to pull off as the leader in the, you know, it maybe it'd be different if they weren't the leader. If they were, you know, in Xbox's shoes or if they were in the early PS3 days uh, style where they were so far down, I don't mean that quite with Xbox, but again, if they weren't so far on top of the market, maybe they could afford to go, look, guys, in order to get y'all what y'all want, we got to restart. We're going to pull everything off. We're going to restart. Now, we're going to do our best to make sure your trophies move forward. A clean Uh, slate. Yeah, but, you know, everything else is going to be a new system, but that does mean that you won't be able to play online for 30 days. If they can if if that were in a, if they were in different shoes, sure. They are not in a position to put themselves at that much risk right now when definitely when you have things like Red Dead Online coming, Black Ops 4 just launched. Yeah. This is the most elegant solution uh, and it's a it's it's a rather 
it, it's it's a fix that just works considering all the problems that led into why it existed in the first place. So it is what it is. Um, but so what do you think about that? You're going to try and change your name. You're going to stick with it. Uh, honestly, if demise, like I, I know it kind of goes off of uh, what, what I'm curious about is it does it go off of pre-existing names like or can, can you snag up the easy names since it's a new ID change? So like, can I snag up demise even if demise is taken already as somebody's ID? Because if I can, I will. I don't think so. That would cause a lot of weird issues. Oh yeah, it would. But see, that's what I'm thinking is I don't if, think so. If I could change it just to demise, because you know, meteoric. I like your name. I like my name too. Um, but like, just demise is just sw- short and sweet. It's like Liam's name. Like Liam's name on PSN is impressive to see. <laughs> it is. It's funny. I remember the first day I asked him what his username was. He's like, "Oh, it's it's Liam," and I was like. That's um, yeah. That's like that's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Other than that, I, I'm all for it. I have no real want to change my thing outside of the fact that I misspelled Chimera. Um, I always wondered if that was intentional or not. It wasn't. I just in my mind I was working through the word because I was younger and I know I'd seen it because it's like Chimera. But I didn't look it up or anything. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, that, that would that makes sense. It like cool. Kyrie is K A I. Well, and, and, and I, and I, so I was like Chimera. And you always yeah. say that uh, your your numbers are random. Just have it Chimera. Oh well, the numbers are, the 086, they were random at a, but I, everything I use now I know 086, but. I would probably go back to Chimera if I could. I know someone has that. There's no way they don't. Um, I mean, yeah, you're right. But I would. I may try it. I may try. That's it. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I'm curious as to see if that if you can steal somebody's. Or it's not steal, but use somebody's original name. I don't since think it's only so. linked to their ID. I don't think so. But if so, man, that's going to be. Uh, Yo, if can you imagine playing a game where two people or one person didn't change their name, so they're Chimera, and then I changed my name, and they're dude, two I was playing Destiny on PC, and there was three guys all named Obi Wan Kenobi running around on Nessus, and I'm just like, that's kind of cool. I don't know how Blizzard works and how that's possible, but it worked because their names were all literally the same, same space, everything. There was no weird numbers in there, nothing. It was that's, all Obi Wan Kenobi. That's odd. Well, I don't know. I have no real interest in changing my name. I am fine if it stays what it is forever. I like my name all right. I've got, I've even grown to the fact that I'm used to saying C-H-A-I-M-E-R-A, but I would like to be a little more truthful to the series of what I was trying to work with, which was Resistance. Uh, but moving on, speaking of Destiny 2, Saul, uh, Destiny 2 players who want to jump into the Forsaken expansion but skip the first two DLCs, like myself, can pick up the latest expansion while getting access to the Curse of Osiris and Warmind DLCs for free with the purchase of Forsaken. Uh, so for players that already purchased Forsaken so that they don't get mad, which is smart that they're doing this, uh, they will receive cosmetic bonuses given in, included uh, free consumables, uh, two elite emotes, a unique shader, and a unique emblem. Um, so I don't necessarily know that that's worth the $40 you would have saved otherwise, but you also got the content early. So <laughs> Yeah, know. and as long... So for those that don't know, I don't, I don't know if you know this, whenever you unlock a shader in Destiny 2 now, you actually can go back and just... For, just get them you can go in and pay glimmer and, and you can get as many as you want oh, uh, because so you don't have to get them as a rare drop or as a yeah you don't have to worry about like i got four of these i need three more to drop so i can complete my gear you can just go buy them all and they're free to equip on your armor now oh, so it's it's you could change out your, your you could the only thing that costs is buying the ones from your collection um so this is kind of cool i'm curious is glimmer the usual is it is that just one of the normal that is the main currency. That's what I thought. Like the main, I to be that's sure the that. money currency, I should say, okay, not yeah. material currency. But yeah, so this is kind of cool. For those that have not played um, Destiny 2 after uh, its initial year one, Curse of Osiris is really bad, like really bad. Uh, story's kind of cool, but it, you could beat it with less than 45 minutes. 
Uh, Warmind is better for sure. The story for Warmind is pretty cool, but once again, it's only about an hour and a half, two hours long. Forsaken, on the other hand, is really good. The story is actually, uh, you feel motivated the entire time. The character is, all the characters in that story are really cool. Um, and you know, your guardian speaks again. Thank God. Not that length matters necessarily. No. no, How long is it? It's about the same. It's about an hour and a half, two hours, okay. which is what I prefer. Well, that's, that's better than 45 minutes. Well, that's what fair. Taking King pretty much was. I prefer these, like, I prefer the changes to be made and focused on the game and not the, the campaign. Yeah, but this is also the first time we have a new raid, right? Yes. Uh, technically, there was all these, like, uh, the spi- world spires or whatever, whatever they're called. Yeah, like raid instances. This is a completely, from the ground up, brand new raid. And the new city, the Dreaming City, which is like a raid it's almost like you remember how you could go to Nessus and you could look up and see the Leviathan yes. and it was on the map. Yes. You are, you are literally running around the raid in this, in a way like there are spots that you can go to that are in the raid in the dreaming city. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like you start like these double doors in the raid that when it starts, it opens up and you go that way to get into the raid. You can just go through that and free roam. Okay. So That's it's, cool. it's pretty cool. You can't access all of it, obviously, but it feels more tied into the world. It feels more tied in, yeah. Because the, the Leviathan was was only saving grace. The only saving grace for it was that you could look up and see it. Yeah, which was, was like otherwise it would just feel like it was and the fact that it was on a map. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, Dreaming City is really cool. The content that it, I, I'm still playing uh, on a weekly basis. I've yet to get really bored of it. If anything, you know, you get to that point where you get done with your weeklies and you're kind of like. Well, uh, I guess either switch to my other character or I'm kind of done if nobody's playing, which kind of comes with the territory of the way the game is made. But yeah, other than that, I've been having a blast. I'm going to go home and play it in a little bit and have some fun. How so. many uh, How many strikes are around now? There's only two new strikes. Well, okay. With every, well, I mean, including with, because I, I haven't played since launch. So I'm, how many are there? Mercury with, has. What is it? Seven, was it seven strikes at launch or, mer- or five? Uh, I don't know the name. I don't, I don't was, know the number off the top of my head. I don't think it was seven. That seems like too much. But uh, but Mercury added two. Warmont added two. I think it may be more, maybe three. But then uh, Dreaming or the not Dreaming City Forsaken has added two uh, so that I've played. Should be, we should be six plus what I originally did. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. So there's there's good variety. Like, and they have stuff called Ascendant Challenge now, which is like where you go to like a Taken Realm, and it's like a uh, it's almost like a it's like how Lost Sector should be, which is ironic because most of them so far have been through Lost Sector, but it is like it it involves platforming. It's it's truly a dungeon, and it's really cool. That's cool. I didn't. I, yeah. It's, and Gambit's like I said, really fun. I liked. Yeah. I don't. I mean, don't. I'll, I will try Gambit. You will like Gambit. I will try. Gambit. I'm telling you, you will like it. I traditionally don't really care for multiplayer. This That's is just, not. This is not traditional PvP. I, I know that I, you've it's, explained it to me. Yeah, it is. But I just fantastic. I also don't know that I want to spend my time doing that. But I will try it. Oh, it's so good. And I will so go good. in as open-minded as I can, it's and we'll so see good. what happens. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting, and I probably will. But in case that you want to take advantage of that, if you've been waiting to see what Destiny 2 could do for you, uh, it starts October 16th, so that's the day after this episode goes live. It's Tuesday. Um, yeah, so it's it. also when uh, all kinds of stuff comes out that, because that's Tuesday, reset day. You get you get this, for those that need it. You get Festival of the Lost, the Halloween event that lasts two weeks, okay. maybe three. Uh, and you get Iron Banner, and then you get all the Crucible bonuses that are coming out, which is like the 
two times and three times uh, Smart stuff. time for them to do this. Thing. Everything's coming out, um, yeah. Yeah, but it's funny that I saw this today, this morning, whenever I was kind of scooping back over and I saw it, when last night me and Donovan were talking, he's like, you need to get Destiny. I was like, I, was like, ah, I don't want to do that. And he was like, he's like, oh, uh, you should pick up the, the other two DLCs are on sale right now for like $5 each. And I was like, okay, so $10 on top of the 40 I still have to play for Forsaken. Yeah, so $50, use 60 that's $110. What I'm probably going to do to do this is just get a $50 PSN credit from my from my PS, uh, my PS PlayStation Plus, I mean, whatever, my PlayStation credit card and just get it for free. <laughs> just Yeah, I mean, whatever. at that point, nothing really to lose. Yeah, but I still don't try. I, I was trying to do that save for the new PlayStation, but we will see what I do there. Uh, next up, Diablo. Despite a Blizzard representative this week claiming that Diablo 3 was working towards cross-play support, uh, Blizzard have come back back to say that the employee was just misspoken and then uh, said in an email response to uh, one of the uh, journalists, I want to say that I got this off of I actually don't remember, so I apologize whoever I did, but this is off somebody else's, but the response was, quote, while we love the idea of bringing our platforms together our uh, our players together across platforms, we do not have any plans to implement cross-platform gameplay for Diablo at this time, end quote I was not incredibly surprised by the announcement that it was going to be crossplay, but I'm also not incredibly surprised that Blizzard's coming back to say that it's not quite true. So what it sounds like is that they might actually be working on it and that the guy just spoke out a term of, they were like, well, we're going to look into it, but we don't want to promise anything yet. So well, don't say anything, but he ended up kind of spilling the beans in a bad way, or it no, could just be somebody who misheard something. I'm pretty sure that's what it is, at least what they're trying to do, because Blizzard's really bad about saying something or implying something and then backtracking like Diablo three will never come out on the switch two days later. It was literally announced. It was just like, you said that two days ago that you're not going to announce it, it. I'm assuming cause it leaked and they were like, no, uh, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. They were trying to cover up a leak and they were they just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to not, not quite as good as Kojima though, but yeah, we will never release our game on that system. Two days, two days later. later. Well, do you guys want this game? Cause it's coming out. Sorry. Yeah, we decided in these two days that we would rethink it and port the whole game in time with a release date and everything. I do want to pick it up on Switch, but the Switch tax is unnecessary. Dude, $60. How? It's a fun enough game that I'd pay that much for it, but dang, like, would I, I'd be more satisfied oh at 40. 40, yeah. And honestly, I'd even say, because the only reason is that it's, it is the full game, right? With the Necromancer DLC? It has everything. Okay, so it's that, compl- it's $40. The, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it's Diablo 3 Complete Edition. Yeah. It has a different name. I think it's called. Well, no, I thought that's what it's called, but uh, I might be wrong on that. At least on PlayStation 4, it's not called that. I don't think. But regardless, moving on to the next thing. Gearbox Software announced Borderlands 2 VR this week, bringing the game into the VR realm in not quite all of its glory. Unfortunately, the transition to VR has led them to cut the co-op aspect of the game. Sucks. Uh, Players can choose to play the game with the DualShock 4 or using two move controllers. The aim controller peripheral, which is supported by, you know, uh, Farpoint. Um, Oh, Lord, I can't remember the name of the other teleport-based gun. But, of course... Doom? No, not Doom. It is supported by Doom, to be fair. Uh, Well, it's also teleporting. Of course, the newer game, Firewall Zero Hour, which you still need to play, so... Um, anyway, the it's a great peripheral. It's the best peripheral on the on the system, uh, but it will not be supported. And I assume that that's because, if I recall right, with Borderlands Two and Borderlands One, you can dual wield, right? So uh, you can dual wield pistols and like machine guns, right? No, that was one character that had the perk in, in two. Oh well, it is two's whole game. I wish then if they would have given the ability. If that if that's how it was, why is the aim controller not supported then? I really have to wonder. Ugh. 
But anyway, I'll move on while he looks that up. Uh, so if you want to play the game with motion support, you will have to move via teleportion, teleportion, teleportation in lieu of free movement. The game is currently available for pre-order on the PS Store and will be available December 14th for $49.99. That's that PSVR tax too, sadly. Um, yeah. But that one makes a little more sense. You're going a little, you're going into a guy, entire game that already exists that they did with Skyrim and giving you all the DLC with it. Uh, as far as I saw, and then also letting it kind of go down to where it's like, all right, well, you have all this stuff, but you also have it with the caveat of they redesigned driving, which used to be in third person. Now it's all in first person. You can use your head to aim the guns and shoot. That's pretty cool. cool. Um, But I don't see how that really works because I haven't played Doom VFR. I never got around a chance to doing it. I will. I will. Like Josh, uh, Drago, if you can reach out and tell me, uh, or I may try and look up video of somebody doing it. Um, my biggest concern with the VR, with the motion controllers, at least, uh, since if, if Doom supported it, I don't even know. If it's just teleportation-based, if you don't have an analog stick, how are you turning? How are you doing a 360 in a game that's as fast I wonder, as something like Borderlands? I wonder if it's like House of the Moon. What? House of the Moving Dead? No. <laughs> House of the... <laughs> What is uh, it? How the, the Rising Dead? I think no, uh, it's not even old, that. You yeah, the, the old, old Dreamcast games, right? Well, yeah, arcade Dreamcast games. I I know they had them in uh, House of the Walking Dead. No, that's ain't that ain't it. Uh, but anyway, it's like those. It's pretty much like your your screen moves and turns, and things pop. The zombies pop up on the screen, which is what I would assume. Uh, how it's just called House of the Dead. There you go. I must be thinking about House of the Rising. No, House, House of the, the Rising, Rising Sun. Sun yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Muse has the best cover of that song, by the way. Continue, but uh, yeah, I think I'm thinking of that game where it's, it may just they may pop in a frame and you just don't have to move. You just aim on screen. But it's the full game, so it can't do that. It, right, it is but the full original game. When people come behind you, a I'm talking about Doom. I'm talking about Doom specifically. Oh, okay, Doom. Yeah, because Doom VFR wasn't the original game. It was like highly modified and shortened up and changed up to work with VR. Them trying to say that this is the whole game, and I really think it's a big miss for them to not include co-op because how do you get people to want to buy a, a VR headset? Those crazy people who love Borderlands as much as they do have one friend that already has a headset goes, guys, we can play Borderlands 2 in VR uh, co-op, and then they go, oh, dude, and then they go out and buy a headset. And the thing is, of course, it's not going to do it to a lot of people, but you get that many more. However many people take that bait, you get that many more headsets out there. And I just think that that's insane that they would try and cut that because the best games on the system so far are games that are either really designed around from the ground up for for VR, like Moss being really thought, like, even though it's a platformer, it thinks about the fact that it's going to be in VR. And of course, things like Firewall Zero Hour. Um, which is also not co-op, I guess, but it's multiplayer and you can play with other people. That's the fun in it is it feels like you're doing what a traditional game is to an extent, but also with the cap with, with the added ability to do it in VR. So what is Borderlands without co-op? I mean, and I really mean that. Yeah. Why would you want to do that? I don't know. I, and I don't know. I played some Borderlands 2 by myself. I played some Borderlands 1 by myself, but I also played it with a lot of friends and it's at its most fun when you're playing with other people. So I just think it's a weird thing to cut out. But I really think that the bigger thing is how do you make it work? Because I'm holding out hope. Because you remember how originally I wasn't going to get Skyrim VR until right before launch. They said, well, instead of just teleportation, which is still going to be in the game, you can also move freely. And it's not the perfect solution, but Skyrim's a paced enough game that you can kind of pull it off. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work in Borderlands because Borderlands is faster and there's a lot of stuff going on. Yes, there is. And you're going to you're going to be trying to do guns instead of swords and ammo. You know what I mean? It's just different and I don't know how it's going to work. But and I did confirm that uh, there is only one class in Borderlands 2 that can do dual loading it is the Gunzerker. 
I thought that's what it was. It's only one class they can dual wield, and that's it. So, so if they just cut, and to be honest, cut that class. I don't know if people would be happy about that, but yeah, I mean, I guess well, that, okay. that's a possibility. Make it maybe to where if you play as that class, that's then you have to do teleportation. Now that's yeah, then that's the, then the, the aim is not supported, right? Because it would be. Stupid. It could it could also be that just VR, at least a PSVR, is not powerful enough to run the run the game properly with that kind of free free range, free roam. Oh no, because you can play it with the DualShock Four free range. You can oh, do well, that's, freely. that doesn't make sense, though. No, I mean, it makes sense because you have the analog sticks. No, no, I'm just stuff. saying that it doesn't make sense that you can't move the, use the move controller in that sense. Well, yeah, and I think that they still should. You look at Skyrim that figured it out, why they do the same thing. Especially uh, in Borderlands, which looks like it's it's a lot less stressful to run than Skyrim is. Eh, maybe. I feel like you could probably get around with that because of the art style. You could yeah. scale back in weird ways and still look faithful but i just eh, i don't know it just sucks to me because i really would love to play that game if it was supported the aim controller and let me play with other people because i would be down on that in a heartbeat i'd play with ryan or whoever the hell whoever else wanted to get the game i would jump into that game because i never beat it anyway so it'd be like double dipping into a game i didn't get to beat i beat that game so many times i beat i beat one i never beat two i beat Uh, i beat two on xbox 360 probably 50 times and i'm not over exaggerating i played the crap out of that game Oh well, it's just a sad thing to happen because I really wish that it would have been the uh, it would have been the same thing because Skyrim VR sold pretty well, so this probably still will. But I'm hoping that before release, right before release, they're like, "We heard your outcries, and we're going to either support the aim controller or we're going to change it to where at least in the move controller setup you can move freely." Yeah, and find a way to do it that doesn't feel weird. I think it's going to feel weird, but we'll see. Driving also, how the hell do you drive and, and steer with a move controller? That's going to be weird. Yeah. Why did they not just make move controllers with analog sticks whenever VR came out? Why? They had to get rid of that old stock. I know. It's so stupid. Anyway, speaking of PSVR, it's a recent hit uh, release in Astrobot Rescue Mission is going to be receiving a demo treatment uh, so more people can try it before sinking $40 into it. Downloading the demo uh, will be available October 16th, so again, the day after this goes live. I absolutely love this. I think every VR game, or at least a lot more of them, needs uh, demos. I think every the game needs a demo. Expen- I do too, but definitely in the VR, when games give you that VR tax, Borderlands 2 VR should have a demo. Oh, yeah. For certain, I'm not. I'm definitely, not getting nowhere yeah, near that you're game. Tell me, I can't play it with most controls without teleporting. I don't right. know what that feels like. So yeah, I agree. Uh, but that's okay. Ninja Theory's latest effort, Hellblade, is finally receiving the physical release treatment, uh, much to Liam's uh, chagrin. Over a year after its release, it will be published by Five O Five Games and launches for twenty nine ninety nine, same price as the original uh, digital only release on December fourth. Great game. I don't think I will double dip. No, I won't. At this point, it's too late. Platinum. No and reason. I've got the platinum. So it's just like if I didn't have the platinum. That's a good game to experience for I, sure, but not twice. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd play it again, but not spend $30 to play it again necessarily. Not now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you mean I still love the hell, game. hell bald. But you know what? The, the fact is, I don't. I, supporting this game at this point does not mean that I'm going to get another game from Ninja Theory on PlayStation anyway. So. I mean, you might. Well, no, never mind. I'm, not on PlayStation. Yeah, 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 never mind. I forgot about so that. So my point being is at this point, great for them. I'm still happy that I'm, I'm happy they got bought because apparently they wanted that financial security and good for them. Yeah, good for them and good for Microsoft getting a, a well-established and, and, and impressive really studio under their belt. A great studio. So hopefully that works out for them. And I will still try and play the games as long as they are uh, play anywhere, which I assume is not going anywhere. Um, I still laugh because I still get them and Team Ninja mixed up. <laughs> yeah. 
So if you want to buy Hellblade and you never did, there you go. That's your chance. The last thing on the list, though, and this is actually pretty interesting. I did not think it would be this in-depth. The Assassin's Creed 3 remaster has been given some details on its changes. The game will feature higher resolution textures, new character models, a new lighting uh, rendering system that will provide uh, physically-based rendering, uh, and more dense crowds, which would be, I guess they're trying to do that to bring it more akin to what you've gotten used to in the the last few... um, the last few well, the, Assassin's the, Creed the last few traditional Assassin's Creed releases that happened on PS4 uh, and Xbox One. Um, it'll also have denser environments, which makes sense for the trees and stuff. Of course, it was harder to pull that off on PS3. Uh, and also denser visual effects, which I'm not quite sure what that's going to be, be it uh, you know particle effects or what, but we will see because there's a lot of snow in that game. I wonder if that's how they're going to try and pull off, you know, getting more snow flying up and doing cool stuff. That'd be uh, cool. The game will also support 4K and HDR in some capacity on both mid-gen refreshes, so the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro. Uh, no release date's been given by Ubisoft yet, but everything that has been shown so far looks like it's going to be coming soon. I would say soon is probably within the next three months. We'll just we'll see. I would I would kind of time it that way. We may get it before the end of the year, or it may be a, a January surprise release. I'm mostly impressed that this sounds like a way bigger endeavor than what we saw with Far Cry 3 Classic Edition. Of course, was that really, was just lazy. I'm not going to say lazy, but it, it was lazy. wasn't what it could have been. Right. But you also got to think Far Cry up until 5 and 3, 4, they've gotten bigger with each release, right? But Far Cry has still never been on Assassin's Creed level in terms of sales and even general popularity. Assassin's Creed is a oh, okay. beast. Yeah, I see what you're so saying. So it makes more sense for them to dump a lot of money into a game that they... And I guarantee you they have sales numbers from all the other Assassin's Creed uh, remasters they've done to where they know that if they put this effort into it, it will be worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't quite remember that many changes coming with the Ezio collection, though. In my, that I can remember. I, don't, I could be wrong because I didn't play it. Yeah, I don't um, care enough about the series to know. I mean, to be honest... <laughs> And I just I think it's so funny that the most I've ever enjoyed the series was Origins, and even it had some problems, but it also just wasn't an Assassin's Creed game. Besides the I'll probably pick pointless a- modern time parts that were oddly shoehorned in, at least in the context of the game. Yeah, and I'll probably pick up Origins and or Odyssey when they go real cheap, but that's pretty it. That's pretty much it. things about Odyssey. Origins was good, but I'm thinking originally I was going to wait till it was like twenty to thirty dollars. If it's thirty to forty by Black Friday, I'll probably pick it up. Yeah, I Origins. Mean, I bought Origins at sixty, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, there's too many games coming still, out between now and February that. Yes, I don't know if I have time for, but who we'll, knows? We'll see. Dark, yeah. that's the problem. Is that if I wait till Black Friday, right after Black Friday, Darksiders right three, Darksiders three is yeah. there. So I have to kind of deal with that. It's it's a balancing act there. Uh, but we are done with the news, and it is time to move on to reader mail. Saul, you want to read off first one? Sure thing. For those that don't know, reader mail. We did this segment every show where we take two questions from Twitter, one question from our Facebook group, and we answer them live on the show. If you guys do not hear your question answered, fret not. We will answer that during our monthly Radio Mail episode that is available every Friday, uh, the first Friday of every month, I should say. And uh, if you guys want to submit us questions, just check out our Facebook group or check out the weekly Radio Mail tweets on Twitter on Wednesdays and Fridays. Just respond to the tweet itself. Um we missed one last week, and uh, that's going to be the very first one we tackle, or last month, I should say. And this is going to be the very first one we tackle. We were sh- uh, You were shamed, Saul. You I was shamed. shamed. I was for, shamed. For shame. I will say, this is probably not what happened with this one, but I will throw this in there because it's happened a couple times. 
uh, if you have a question, be sure you ask it to the tweet and not to people responding to the tweet. Yeah. Uh, that kind of disqualifies it from being a read email question because it's too hard to keep track of that. And one episode or one uh, episode not too long back, we had I think Brett commented on the tweet and we had people responding to Brett and the tweet and it was really kind of like a big old mess. That's not what happened here, but I just thought I'd throw that out there for you guys. Uh, across all PlayStation platforms, what is your one favorite exclusive PlayStation game to date? Comes from our good friend Sean One Neo, the uh, one we missed. I am sorry, Sean. Yes, Sean, we we apologize, but also God. This is such a hard question. I got now, it. Now we did set. Some, I got it. We did set some parameters, just so we know. I know. I got it. You saw it. Okay. Yeah. So just so y'all know, uh, it will be. It has to be first or second party. It has to be an, an IP that is owned and maintained by Sony, uh, even if a second party or even if a third party developer, whatever, uh, you know, like Insomniac or From Software, uh, designed or developed the game. Um, so with that in mind, it does skew it back to where it's not things like. Kingdom Hearts 2 or Kingdom Hearts 1 which are technically or like Bloodborne technically uh, Bloodborne is included in that in my opinion because Bloodborne's not on anything else from software well yeah but it's a, it's a second party exclusive oh yeah they are a second Sony party Sony owns the IP so Sony could continue forward with Bloodborne regardless of from software if they want well shoot they won't I don't I really don't think but they could uh, so with that in mind I, I felt like yours was going to be Bloodborne but I guess you had already pushed Bloodborne out yeah, I kind of pushed Bloodborne out because I'm from, but yeah, so Bloodborne is for sure the one then if we're going to go that route. Um, across all PlayStation, that's your favorite Across one all ever. PlayStation. Now, if, Hold on, what was the wording? Is it favorite or best? What's the best one or what's your favorite? I, it's favorite, and it's one. Ooh, not control. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You, look at that. You done messed up. I did. I typed in something from earlier. Uh, what is your one favorite? Okay. So, so no, sure. no runners-ups, nothing else. We have, uh, this is all for the milk and the cookies. Uh, I so hate these. I hate ultimatums. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Bloodborne. Bloodborne is sure. a really good one. Um, I was going to say Daxter if it wasn't Bloodborne. Oh, yeah. As odd as that is, because Dactor was by far one of the best PSP games. Because, see, Square Enix technically doesn't count, because I was going to say Crisis Core as well. That's in there above Final Fantasy VII, but that doesn't count. Absolutely. So. That's, that's exclusive just by nature of it being only releasing on a handheld. Yep. And the only handheld that could run it at that time was the PSP. Right. Wasn't going to come out on DS. Not looking like it It did. could have. It looked like Final Fantasy VII on PS1, which <laughs> I don't know if it would be a bad thing. But, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It would be way more weird whenever it switches to the cutscenes in game that are look like like uh, like Advent Children style done, where they're like hyper realistic. Actually, I was gonna say DS does those well. Oh yeah, but it would look even more weird when you go from playing where you have like you look like Cloud with box hands. Oh to, yeah. To I was that's how Final Fantasy Angel who looks super real. Yeah. Because one of the things about Crisis Core, and I know we're getting way off on a tangent here, but I'll wrap it up and we'll move on. Um, is that Crisis Core looked really good for PSP games. It still does. It still does. I was, I was like, playing it recently. I was like, he, why is this so detailed? His hair moves individual threads. Yeah. Not NVIDIA hair works. <laughs> yeah, not, not super, super detailed threads. But I was like, why is this even in a PSP game? Like, yeah, they could have easily stuck all the hair as one piece and you, had it move. You could have told me that's a Vita game and I would have believed you. Actually, Without a doubt. Yeah. I, um, I early, or even a PS early, early PS3 game. Maybe. Maybe. No, I could have been. But, uh... Uh, so yeah, I have a feeling what yours is. Before I answer, I'll, I'm just curious what you think. I'll tell you if you're right. Crash Bandicoot. No, because then I know what it is. I've I've managed to loosely pull that one out because of the fact that it's now available outside of that, and it was only exclusive by nature of why it was published. Gotcha. So Spyro so, and Crash so, don't count, sadly. Yeah, because so Spyro was con- considered, uh, but I, uh, it's. Um, 
Sloth two. I almost said Sloth three, but I'm like, nope, nope, nope. No, not Sloth three, but Sloth two. Sloth three is amazing. No, it is. But Sloth two. There's something about that game and that the the way that that game ends definitely if you've not played slide two go play slide two pick it up on the Vita or PS3 actually yes pick it up on the Vita the the PS3 version is prettier but what I really appreciated about the Vita port uh, if you do buy it on there is that they went through the trouble Sunzaru those those clever booties it was on sale Uh, too I think yeah they went through the trouble of actually redoing the entire um, oh lord Uh, they they designed an entirely new. what do they call it, Saul, at the beginning of the game when they show you what to do? A tutorial? <laughs> a tutorial level. Thank you. They redesigned the tutorial level um, to be completely new and actually tell you and revoiced even to tell you the exact controls and what they were on the Vita. And they had Murray come back in and be like, oh, use a touch screen to yeah, do this. And I was like, this which, is amazing. I love that they did this. I need to I need to play it on Vita because I, I, I have not played it on Vita. I played it on PS3, on um, PS3. Oh. But... Uh, not for the first time either but yeah it's 15 bucks on gamestop if you can find a gamestop that has a vita game which is uh slim to none yeah from what i, I understand I would imagine it goes on sale on vita pretty well i want to say i want to say that's the digital? price that's what, that's what it was on digital i'm pretty sure when Probably. i checked when I, I didn't check but i saw it in the shop the store or whatever it's an awesome game though and it's it definitely at the time that it came out on ps2 it was mature in a different way uh and some crazy stuff happens while still being light-hearted enough that it didn't feel like such a turn uh like you saw with jack where jack one was like really whimsical and and goofy and then suddenly the the second game is like you're a dark elf and you suddenly have crazy eyes and you're running around grand theft auto city and killing people it was like what what happened yeah did he become edgelord like yeah like kind of a warrior within the warrior within where it's like suddenly he's like a badass and god smack in the game yeah <laughs> do, 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 do. i do love that intro though uh but yeah no sly cooper 2 and i stand behind that answer thoroughly and it's the pedigree that that it's studio sucker punch studios has left uh, is a big reason that ghost of tsushima looks so great to me and like i just i trust him yeah it's exciting um Next up, we have our good buddy Richard Rivero. He says, what do you guys think about the new Pixel 3 and Pixel 3 XL? And he says, also, today is my birthday. Happy birthday, Richard. I know we said it to you on Discord, but we're going to give you a big old birthday shout out for those <clears throat> who know us. Keep going. I was going to say, oh, for those that, uh, I don't know how well they'll hear me through that, <laughs> but for those that know us in Discord, I think we all wish you a good old happy birthday. Uh, so for those that uh, that know you in passing, whether it's Discord, Twitter, whatever it may be, you guys go tell Richard happy late birthday, uh, because as of this episode going up, it'll be almost a week uh, after, but not quite. So still enough time to get yeah. a warm birthday wish in there. So happy birthday, Richard. Happy birthday, my boy. Uh, I do not want, care, or even think about the Pixel 3 or 3XL. I think they are garbage with the with the stupid, uh, wow, I can't, uh, notch. Uh, notch. Yeah, I don't know why I could, yeah, I could think see, of it for a second. You laughed at me for tutorial. Well, hot, yeah, notch. we just talked about it before the show, and this is coming from somebody who has a Pixel XL too. Brett does as well. If I was to hide the Pixel notch on the, th- the, the notch on the Pixel 3, it'll be pretty much the same phone I have now, uh, with just a little bit of upgrade, not worth the price point. Uh, so yeah, not really impressed. Not worth the price point. I am um, only. I have just a morbid curiosity about the camera. camera yeah, because how currently with the Pixel Three not even being released just yet, it's really close. Um, the Pixel Two 
by many people's votes, is still a better camera on a smartphone than all of the flagships that have released this of year. Of course. Even though it came out last year, and it's still far above it, including the new iPhones, which do all, they have their own problems. I'm not going to get into those. Uh, so, yeah, if you like cell phones and you like that stuff, I would say that my personal voucher for like the next phone I'm going to get, if you really care about a camera, get a Pixel. If yeah. you take about 20 to 30 pictures a month max like I do, um, and you just still want a solid camera that looks really good, that's still a lot of pictures. Get you something that's more of a budget-friendly phone. Get you a OnePlus 6. OnePlus 6T. They still have notches, but they're not as they're not as you know obnoxious and in your face and obtrusive. You can still hide them, and it looks like a normal bezel instead of like a gigantic one. Don't they not launch with Nova Prom? What well, phone was promoting that? No, they they use what's called Oxygen OS, and we'll move off of that because this is not a cell phone podcast. Uh, it's a very light skin to stock Android. Some some very some light. flagship phone was bragging that they launched with Nova Launcher Prime. I mean, I say gross because why launch? Why have your phone out of the box with a launcher? Launchers are meant for people who want that extra level of thing, but you're not going to have a well-optimized phone if you're just... Uh, that's weird to me. Well, it, it, new launchers, new time, like or this, this current gen of launchers, like they're done pr- well, well... Oh, Richard's well, looks cool. Have you seen his? Yeah, dude. Like, don't wrong. And they I perform. don't want my phone to be that crazy. Personally, yeah. I like a simple, know exactly what I'm doing, but if you like that level of An customization, iPhone. his looks really good, so... Not like, <laughs> not like that. I still have customization on my phone. Yes. Uh, uh, so, yeah. If, hey, you know what? If you like iPhones, beef with us. I don't care. Uh, I'm an Android boy till I die, but not actually, because if they keep doing this stupid crap they're doing on the current stock Android, they're losing me anyway. Uh, yeah. And I'll just eventually do nothing and wallow in a pit. That, that could happen. Our last question from Facebook comes from our good friend Kiki. He says, have we crossed a line with realistic violence? Is there a line? I personally don't see a problem with it, but what do you guys think? Uh, the same as you no problem with it I don't think realistic violence in video games is a really thing to be concerned about I don't think that it is something that we really have to like look out for you know it gets into those stupid studies about like violence in video games causing violence in children not real not true Uh, I mean I'm sure there's mentally unstable people that play video games that this can affect but movies and everything would do the same the vast majority of people who play video games no effect on so for Uh, me I'm not gonna go quite that far but there's no there's no real comprehensive study that shows that that is true it's because it's not so i mean you i will concede that it's true once you show me multiple peer-reviewed studies that show me that they agree but currently that does not exist so as far as science is concerned no Uh, but as far as personal opinion i don't think here's what it comes down to if you want to be realistic with your violence because it sets the tone better in your game then great because think about it this way right uh, how realistic does your violence need to be to fit the tone you're trying to sit, fit with your game? We talked about tone a lot in the last episode by nature of what we were talking about, uh, but we'll bring back Uncharted. Uncharted's tone is able to go dark, but it still tries to keep a level of kind of like, oh, okay, this is like pulp action, and we want death to... It is death. It's not not you know. We're not trying to say you're not killing people. We're also not putting a lot of like you're seeing that you're killing people, but it's not incredibly bloody and it's not yeah. as gory. And they're not falling on the ground and going like ah. Oh, they're just they're dying and it's it's to keep with the tone of the game, which is serious with a lighthearted over like sure to everything. It's like, yeah, there's just a slight. There's like Nathan is always able, and even though four pushed that a lot, it still always fell back on Nathan's very likable personality, just like Indiana Jones do, where it's like. He ties it back to keeping it fun throughout the whole thing. Right. Even when it does get a little serious, it'll eventually go back to being fun and it plays off that really well. But something like The Last of Us, and we're using Naughty Dog just because it's, it's interesting to see how a studio does it two different, two different ways, ways yeah. for where the tone matters. The Last of Us is all about how crazy humans get stuck in those situations, right? 
And so in setting that tone, it makes sense to go hyper-realistic violence and do like they did with The Last of Us. Of where course. In the cutscene, they're breaking dude's fingers. And, oh, okay. You know what I mean? And breaking his kneecaps. Yeah, I thought you were going to get to a specific character no, no, development. No, no, yeah. No. Which is still... I didn't go that far. Yeah, so, still pretty violent. But my point being is I don't that, think it's a problem. Yeah, it's not a problem. It's all about the tone. So I, I feel like this may have come from a Discord conversation we were having about Which violence, turns out was a troll. Uh, violence. Huh? Do you see? Did you see the guy that like where this all spewed from came from Twitter from a guy who tweeted this. Oh no, I didn't and, see that. It's funny. Oh oh, dude, it was funny because it was a guy who tweeted this and it got like massive amounts of like uh, likes and stuff. And then he people were asking for sources and he listed these three websites and like if you go to those three websites, it's not on there. And then like Kiki called him out and then of course he followed Kiki and it's just like oh this dude just trolling. He's oh, just okay. having fun. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, I didn't realize that it was in tied back to that. Oh okay, yeah, I what, I I, that's what I thought you brought up because that's basically what he brought up. Okay, I and that's you. that's where I say like there are people that are mentally unstable that will play a game or watch a movie, or, or, yeah, or, or an album, or you know, and then then they'll try to imitate what they saw and they think that it's the way that they should. And that that doesn't that problem doesn't stem from music or movies or TV shows or video games. It stems from the mental issues they had. And instead, you should be focused. Instead of using up all your energy to talk hate about video games, use up your energy and stuff like that to to work bit towards better mental health. Sure, it's more important than that. Than, Which is than very similar false to accusations. About, yeah, with what we talked about with Hellblade. Exactly. Like that's the cool part about doing that. Now you're using a medium which is normally demonized for what it does. Uh, and instead of talking about the mental health, now this is talking about mental health in as true a way as they could possibly do it without being mental health people themselves. But they were trying to be as as accurate as they could with people who and gave they, their stories. There were still websites that called them out on it too. I'm not going to say those websites. You're never going to be able to be perfect. But the fact that they went into it with that intention is enough to go that they were trying and they got, and they did as much as they possibly could to make it feel still fun as a game but bring shed light on the problems at hand so i think that realistic violence is going to be probably more seen as more people are wanting to push that mature edge and push games even further um into being like very mature cinema Uh, and as you see games games look towards cinema to go forward uh, and they've always done that and as and you've seen that continually as they keep getting better and better graphics now it's like well we're going to be realistic and we're going to set camera shots and we're going to um God of War recently, we're going to do a, a an endless scene. There'll be no cuts throughout the entire game because we've seen movies that have done entire movies with no cuts or whatever. Like Birdman. Or, and- or in, entire scenes in a movie that does, like, you know, four minutes with no cuts. That's crazy, you know? Yeah, um, I was trying to think. There's another movie that did no cuts like Birdman, even though there's technically two cuts in Birdman, but they're so well done, you don't notice them. Yeah, they're, they're like the, hidden. Basically. That movie is super good, and there's another movie, I can't think what it is, that did it too, and that's, that movie's really good too. But uh, alas, this is a video game podcast. But yeah, that's that's pretty much what we think about that. Um, Brett, would you like to move on into the main topic? I guess yeah. I think this is going to be somewhat of a short answer or a short topic because of how ludicrous it is. Uh, but but more, I wanted to talk about more it. importantly, I want to hear back because we ha- I don't even think we brought this up in Discord yet. Um, and if we have, we didn't. I okay. wanted to save all of my. First of all, I've not been on Discord a lot because of the situation. I haven't either. I, I've been kind of missing in action to take kind of like introvert relaxation kind of thing of not really paying attention to like sure. online stuff sure. other than you know locking myself and playing destiny but uh but yeah with that said uh i this was tweeted to us by steve Bitto. shout out um thanks steve for the article i probably would have come across it anyway uh but he his caption was perfect and it's what we talked about with crossplay and now this is loosely in regards to crossplay uh because this stems from bethesda's conversations around which what is, they want from crossplay. which is ridiculous because yes. of the previous thing that just happened with fallout 76 yep but we'll we'll work our way through that uh, so what he said whenever he tweeted us with this was 
Oh Lord, I wish I, I meant to pull the 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 tweet up, but regardless, he said uh, something in the spirit of, "If you crack the door, you better be prepared to open the thing wide open." And we said that a lot about crossplay. Is that, of course, them starting crossplay means that at that point they've got to roll with it because. Any, what's going to end up happening when you open crossplay a little bit and you try and give it to one game and that's fine but it, more games are going to come to it but of course the, the other side of that that people don't normally think about is that when you seed ground on something that you originally stood ground on um, like Sony did with crossplay and then they showed that they are flexible enough to change it now people are going to look at that and go we want to we want to push that envelope even further because we know if we pressure Sony enough that they will get they will give up their stance if you give an inch if you give an inch so yeah then they'll take a mile that's but he didn't say that but that's obviously the implied thing so when you think about that though what's going on here is that bethesda was one of the biggest ones bullying sony right about crossplay crossplay and it's funny so I'll go ahead and talk about what you're talking about with the fall of 76 just so we can give a so, little more into how crazy bethesda have been in this entire setup for those that don't know uh and I'm sure you do by now. If you listen to this podcast, you're a PlayStation fan that Sony has now opened the floodgates per se to crossplay, allowing Fortnite kind of allowed other big multiplayer games such as Rocket League, Rainbow, uh, games like that have fans that want crossplay in it. And the general consensus on crossplay from just about everybody is pretty positive. There's some people that don't really care for it, but some people that don't agree with it. I understand that. I'm all for it. Brett's kind of he's he's in the middle or in between if I if I know correctly. Like you're I, for it. I, I'm I'm sixty forty sixty percent in favor. Yeah, and, the and, forty is only because I like PlayStation and as a business, and we say it all the time. But yeah, as a business, it's not a great idea. Not necessarily, but as a as a gamer, it's it's, it's a fantastic idea. Sure. Um, but, but at the same point, if I want to play PlayStation 10 years in the future and I want them to do as good as they can and get in there and I want them to have extra money right. to be able to go and which make is why, order 1887. Yeah, which is why days. I've said before and I don't mind at the end of a, at the end of a gen they've already done wondrously successful on that mm-hmm. this is not going to impact them as much as uh, some yes. people say. They're doing it at so, a point when they're on a downward slope. Yes. They're st- and so it, I, it's not going to have a massive effect towards no. them hitting 100 million. Absolutely not. And then for all the people who are negative against them, you know, could come back next gen and be like, yeah, they actually support in the end. I'm all for it. Anyways, we've said that in our crossplay episode and then a couple of other episodes as well. But Bethesda basically mentioned that uh, before Sony announced they would they would confirm crossplay, Bethesda kind of bullied them, saying that they were the bad guys and that they should be the ones to allow crossplay because because Microsoft and Nintendo were on it. When Sony announced it, Bethesda then came back and said they had no plans for crossplay of Fallout 76. When it was reality, it looked like it was PlayStation's fault because they said be, with Blades specifically, Elder Scrolls Blades, they said that they would not. Would it was it, it? They would not. Not, wa- not Blades. Legends. Legends. That's yeah. right. Two Le- two same game. things. The card yeah. game. Yeah. No. For Legends, most they, mobile they, games. They said I mean, very specifically that they would not put the game on Sony's platform because they do not, not allow crossplay. Crossplay. And then they finally did crossplay. Uh, and then now they came back saying that Fallout 76 was not considered to be crossplay, which is kind of weird. Like they had no plans for crossplay at this moment. Which now to be to, to get a little more into it, uh, they did specifically say, or actually not say, but they did specifically imply, as far as I'm concerned, that Sony was the ones. They said Sony's being hard to work with on here, and they're just really giving everybody troubles. So we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to put crossplay in a Fallout 76. They basically implied that it wasn't gonna be in Fallout because Sony wasn't ball gaming. Right, and then now when but Sony was, was ball gaming, yeah. 
Pete, Pete Hines and Todd Howard were like, uh-oh, <laughs> we done messed up. It was funny so, because as soon as Sony said crossplay is out, everybody went immediately Bethesda. Bethesda. Okay, so yeah. Fallout 76 crossplay now? And-, and it's crazy because now they don't plan on it. But since then, and you know what? I can look at Bethesda and say like, you should have gone about this the right way. You should have gone about this without... Uh, I think that they did this to taunt Sony to get on, you know, Microsoft and Nintendo's side more so of like, oh yeah, we're the cool people hating on Sony like Microsoft and Nintendo are. And then they said it and then they were caught out and they're like, well, crap. We Easy PR blows. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And then, then they came out with something that I'm not quite too sure didn't involve drugs. Like, uh, I don't know what Pete Hines and Todd Howard have been doing at Bethesda's offices. Love those guys. Do not get me wrong. But boy, is this nuts. And it's crazy because coming from a developer, this makes sense. Coming from anybody who's in the the Sony game, the Microsoft game. anybody who is in the Console manufacturing game, is is, this is not good. Even even publishers. So this is why I even wanted to bring this up. Saul's being a little hyperbolic here, but realistically, it is a very odd thing because I want to hear a genuine argument once we're done... This man compares Panasonic DVD players to PlayStations. We'll get there. Okay, so the article in question says, Bethesda wants to see crossplay work similar to DVDs. And this is over on PlayStation Lifestyle. Um, and that's exactly what he had linked to me. Uh, and so it says, uh, Pete Hines, during a Fallout 76 media event, told Eurogamer the following, quote, I think crossplay just makes for a much better community that we don't have these arbitrary walls. Sure, fine, whatever. That makes sense. I agree. I'm reminded of something Todd Howard said, so that also means that Todd said this. That's all I said they're on drugs. In an interview some years ago now, I'm paraphrasing him, I would like to see games get to the point that we view them like movies on DVD, which is to say, if you want to go rent or buy Deadpool, you're not buying it specifically for Sony players or Panasonic players. You have a DVD, and whatever plays DVDs will play that DVD. As a game creator... You just want to make a game and have it work the same everywhere, as opposed to these guys have these rules about how friends list works or whatever. He starts rambling here, but while over here, it's completely different. So the more that we get to the principle that it's just a game on whatever platform, we're not siloing people. It's funny because if this was, say, Activision slash Bungie, they're not going to say this because, of course, Sony pays them extra money to get content exclusively early. Interesting, right? Yep. So I'm going to finish it. He said, I think that would be positive. So that games as a service, and like you guys, I'm interested to see where they go with the hardware choices, the technologies, and giving our devs more tools and horsepower to work with. The very last bit, sure, more tools, more horsepower, great. Here's what it comes down to, though. And he brings up one thing, which is a little different. Uh, of course, games coming out on specific consoles does give you the ability for brand loyalty, right? Um, so in response to that, he adds, quote, yeah, but it, again, it's a problem other industries seem to have figured out. And I think at some point, all of us are going to have to recognize it and embrace it in the same way that televisions do or DVDs and Blu-ray players do. You don't go to plug your TV into a cable and think, oh, shit. This LG TV isn't compatible with my Comcast cable box. It all just works. You build brand loyalty in other ways. I love how that quote, it all just works, is in there. Because that's what Todd said on the Fallout E3 stage. And then that's what he said again, this Fallout E3 stage. It just just works. works. Yeah. But here's here's the biggest thing about that. But it doesn't. DVD players, uh, companies that make DVD players, right? 
they don't choose specific hardware that drives that DVD player in a different way. A DVD is not something that has assets built in that have to load in on the fly and have to be developed to work with the hardware that's inside of one console versus another console. So that's already the stupid beginning part, in my opinion. I just don't yeah. see it. Now, uh, if you want to go towards unified hardware, what's the point of having a console at that point? It's the same as a PC. Well, it bought us the exclusives. What's the point of having, if you have that, it's, it's the same as going to buy an off-the-shelf desktop. And that only everybody in the whole world can only buy this one desktop. Everybody has this same desktop unless they want to build a computer customly, which I mean, you would never take that away. But of course, for the sake of argument, that's what it's that's what it's similar to. But let's dig down further into it. Yeah, of course, your TV doesn't go and go, oh, crap, doesn't work with my Comcast cable box. They're not mutually like they, they, they don't work with each other in that same way. Comcast is not owned by LG. LG is not going, OK. I make the LG TV. I sell it at either a loss or close to what it costs us to make it so that whenever we sell you the cable that we also manufacture, that we make our money up on that. That's not how this business model works. Nope. They are somebody who makes a TV, sells it at an upcharge, makes profit off of the TV itself, and then continues on. And then they do it with budget TVs, and they make budget TVs that, while they're only $200 for everybody, these are TVs they've probably been able to manufacture for $75. So they or cheaper, yeah. Yeah, so you know, more cutting-edge technology sells at a, a smaller margin as it tries to work its way into the market. OLED TVs do not have as high of a margin as TVs in that five to $600 range, where they maybe sell the TV for $600 yeah, and make it $300. OLED panels are expensive, Yeah, even for the manufacturer. So these aren't exact numbers either, but the point being, is that these business models are entirely different. What happens right now is uh, we saw, and just to be fair, the beginning of this generation, um, it, I think Xbox as well, but at least PlayStation, were selling the PlayStation 4 at a very mild profit. And I right. mean like $7. But in comparison to the PS3 generation, when they were selling the system for what for a loss. estimated to be about $200 of a loss, if not more per console, uh, because of the power thing. And that's and they had to go even further whenever people weren't buying it because it was too expensive. Uh, and they had to cut the PS2 hardware out, stuff like that. But when you think about that, the, the console manufacturer model has always been this is what we're going to do. We're going to put hardware in a box. We're going to determine what the hardware is. We're going to put it in there. We're going to give dev kits to game developers. They can make games for our hardware. Uh, they get a place to sell it by a something that we we make. Like, you know, when you go to LG and LG has uh, Android TV. I'm not saying that's true, but let's just say they do. They don't make Android. So they're just licensing into something. They don't control that content. They don't make Netflix. Yeah. They don't control that I mean, content. it's comparable when so you buy. They're not making the thing that's going on. No. They're not making a platform that, they, that you're getting stuff on. Instead, what happens on a, on a console is Sony says, here's my box. This is what I've chosen to put into it. This is what you can make games for. You make games for it. We provide you with the things. You really have to pay for dev kits, but still. Yeah, yeah. You're dev kitting it up, right? You're making the game. From there, you go, okay, you're gonna put you're gonna release the game on our console and the competition's console. That's fine. Anybody who buys a game on our console, we make a percentage of that. Exactly. All right, digital, we make a percentage of that. And we're not even gonna get to digital and how it goes into this argument yet. Um, but the business That'd be models, wild. I didn't even think about that until now. The business models are wildly different. It would have to be one console at that point. Here, here's here's the dystopian future this would be. And what 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 does it mean for exclusives? Well, that's what I was going to say is that at this point, Microsoft fails. They no longer make consoles. Instead, they provide services for PlayStation and Sony makes all the games. Or, well, you know, has all the first party. So then you have all these services that, well, that are created. that would require Nintendo to go down. No, not exactly. Because then now Nintendo jumps into it. And now you have this Sony soft switch 
<laughs> something. You have something that is like this. Like I said, this is a weird dystopian future that will never happen. Um, because I'm just curious where you're going because I don't quite agree with what you're saying yet, but I haven't heard it all. So no, I'm just saying. Continue. I'm just saying. Microsoft goes under. Sony buys all of their services, such as the cloud service and everything that they have going on from like OneDrive or well, let's whatever. Just say it this way: they they don't go under, but they go to a point where they're like, "We're not messing with hardware anymore. Exactly, it's going to be a service so, thing. We're going to partner with Sony." Uh, yeah. So then you got Sony. Then you got Microsoft and Sony, and then of course you have Nintendo, who's like, you know what? Unity for all. We're going to join y'all's monopoly, I guess, at this point because there's nowhere else to go. And then you have you have a Nintendo Switch that or a new Nintendo handheld that plays all these games on handheld, but then you have a console that plays all the games because this is the only console you can buy the games on. And then Microsoft provides all the backwards compatibility services, you know the monthly game services. About? PC, PC, yeah. I was I was say, know P- what else we haven't talked about? Everything else in between. Phones. If you are, See, I didn't think about me, phones. If you are telling me PC, I did think about exactly. If I buy a game and I can play it anywhere that means that you guys are going to make skyrim for the phones that's stupid it is and then it's a have, big waste of time and resources you're gonna, to, you're gonna lose out on sales that you could have made for me rebuying skyrim on and this is why i say it's dumb for the publisher right because of course it doesn't make sense for sony because sony makes money off of the game sales right and then they make money off of the exclusives sometimes and then they lose money on sometimes, sometimes yeah in in order to get more people attracted to their console so that more people are on their console they they that means more people should buy games on their console getting more sales in and that's how they make a a profit of course there's other things in there now like services and ps plus and all this stuff but essentially speaking i just realized something go ahead and finish i just now realized something Anyway, essentially speaking, you would be ruining the console manufacturer's uh, business model, but that doesn't even extend into the publisher business model, which we will get into in a second. You've got something, so go ahead. Well, yeah, because at this point, it would have to be a unified console, like, period. Like, it would it only would make sense. It would have a unified cloud that would stream to everything. Yeah. Then there would no be, there'd be no point in the console because... You cannot. Well, well, I you mean, cannot guarantee that the same hardware is inside of the cell phone. Well, that's but you the can thing. guarantee that the same hardware is on this server rack. Yeah, because the same store and the same disc reader would have to be accessible in all these consoles to play the same disc. Um, that's disc, right? And that's, that's how does that extend when you can't even, when you have a, an object that can't play the disc. I would assume it would be like um, it would be just like how Steam works, where it's a DRM to, to your account, and then if you I have a new laptop like this one, I have my Steam games on it. But it's a, if it's a different computer, but that's a digital. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but we're not. How does disc work? No, no, no. Now disc. Yeah, I was gonna say. If you buy a game physically, that's that's what what I'm saying, right? How does this work for DVD? How does this work for digital? How does? Well, that's what I was saying for digital. Definitely digital. It's tied to your account, basically. But that's because Steam is the service provider. Yeah. Once again, this is a weird dystopian future that this can only happen in. This does not make sense in this current day and age. Dig in. Now I just realized something, and this is very short and simple, and I actually fully believe this. He knew this was some off the wall stuff to say. They oh. said this to take attention away from crossplay. He doesn't believe this for one second. The more we talk about this, the more ludicrous this sounds. And he knows Pete, Pete is a very smart man. He knows nobody's going to take him seriously on this. This is literally to distract all the journalists, all the people from saying, well, wait, Fallout's not on here. So what did he just say? And then here we go. Got a topic about that instead of why Fallout's not on crossplay. <laughs> You know I what? guarantee you that's what this you, is. I will give you that. It's it has to be. It has to be a distraction. This otherwise, doesn't make sense. Otherwise, how does it work from a bit? Because it doesn't work. Let's go in because it sounds like you're going the same area of I was. It doesn't. How does this hurt Bethesda? Well, this hurts Bethesda because guess what? Every which way around because I, if that's how it's going to work, then that means that I, if I own Skyrim, right? Let's just say that 10 years from now, they, they re-release Skyrim again, Listen, right? And I, I still own my PS3 copy of Skyrim. Well, if they say that my games are supposed to work like a DVD, that means that I should be able to put my original copy of Skyrim in and play 
You know what I mean? I bought Skyrim four times because four different systems. At this point, I only need to buy it once. And so that means they've lost out on three copy three sales. sales that they would have had otherwise, right? Pete Hans, no, Pete Hans, this is a distraction. <laughs> I'm convinced this is a distraction now. This only makes sense. This is two guys from Arkansas seeing her talking about this, and this makes sense. This is a distraction. Pete Hans probably has a doctorate. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. This is a dis- this is a big distraction. Here's the thing: is he's not a developer. He's not saying things. That, uh, I'm not but saying even, he's not involved in them at all. But even Todd he's Howard, a PR head, and I think he's even a, a president of something now. But my point being, as a PR head, he knows that there is he president business. of Bethesda. He's not president, but I think he's president of something. Uh, Hold on, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna look into because it. the more the more I think about it, it, it would only make sense to the gamer. Because at that point, you'd spend 60 bucks and you would have a single game that is accessible on three consoles that you own, which would be even sweet. It's what that, that lifelong dream we've talked about with a handheld of being able to play any game we buy on PS5 on a PS Vita 2 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That's what would be, um, you know, the kind of go to thing. Vice president of global marketing comms on communications at Bethesda. So that's what he is. VP, yeah. So he's basically a vice president of, of uh, global, which is PR. PR, He's yeah. essentially a PR head. So when you're thinking about that, though, he understands the way that the business side works of this. How is he saying this in any sense? Like, don't be wrong. If a, dev people talking. This, if a dev said this, I'd be like, he's not, he knows that there's a business side of it, but he's talking about it as a gamer and as a developer. It does not make sense for someone who's a spearhead of a company's communications to say something it does, that though. obviously hurts the company. Because, right? Hold on. And again, I would argue that even though they they remade the whole game for uh, for VR, right? And I should have to buy the whole game again if they had to go back in and change the way the game works, right? But it, when again, you give them an inch, right? If it gets to the point where let's just say this somehow happens and all consoles come into one conglomerate, right? What happens when they try and re-release Skyrim again? And I go, hey, hold on, I got this. Already. I already own this game, so yeah, you know, you're re-releasing it. I should be able to play it. It would essentially it, it would be you, but you'd have a stronger argument as to why that should be okay than if you would if they started saying, "Well, okay, we're not going to do that." Right? It it makes sense for me to pay fifty dollars for Skyrim VR, knowing they went it's in and different. did everything. But if they're gonna if they're gonna say that my game's supposed to work as a DVD or my license is supposed to work as a DVD, because like, it's digital, right? How does it work? Okay, well Netflix they provide the service overhead. That means Bethesda would have to switch to not releasing their game on everything except for the service overhead. The one service, yeah. And then that means that it would just move across. So if you log into your Bethesda.net or whatever on Xbox, you play your game right there because it already shows that you own it. If you log into it over here, great. Five times. I bought Skyrim five times. I forgot about the Xbox One. Oh, so yeah. yeah, this really doesn't make sense. And that's what I think. I think that now yeah. that we've talked about it and I and like through conversation, I kind of evolved in this uh, topic. I want to say since he is, he is VP of pretty much PR, any publicity is good publicity to them. And this is what it is. This is taking the negativity that we've seen out of the gameplay video of Fallout 76 from IGN that looks terrible. Oh, that's the other thing. That's what pull, I'm saying. Pull attention off from there too. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, pulling. No, I'm not saying I don't. I, I watched some of it. It looks rough. It is a beta, so I'll give it. That. that is a beta. Yeah, but. but then again, I do remember ESO being pretty rough around the edges, especially the frame rate department when it first launched. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that this almost is a it's a long con. I think that this is meant to pull distraction away from what uh, they're currently talking about and releasing to kind of put a target on their back and make you go, what? And then talk about why this doesn't make sense instead of talk about like, yeah, you said that, but what about Fallout Crossplay? Like, you're ignoring that. Nobody's saying that right now. They're all criticizing how dumb this sounds. Not calling Pete Himes a dumb man because he's not a dumb man. There's a plan on why he said this. I think so too. I think, Especially being VP of public relations. You don't just say stuff. You, now, almost everything you say in an interview is is 
formulatic. It, sure. it, it's you're following something and going towards and a he's, goal. He's better about not sounding formulaic, regardless of terms of if. Of course, he is the most natural person at Bethesda. But I will say this: one other thing that we haven't quite talked about. Of course, with what he's talking about, this is if the business, if this is if a model would break to a point where this would make sense to an extent, right? Uh, of course, the current business model will not always be the business model. The bigger thing about this is that him saying that, I get in spirit what he means. He. But he specifically is referencing a disc, basically. Well, we're moving away from disc, and we're going towards digital. So when you don't own the thing physically where you can put it into something, this also gets weird. But essentially where I'm going with all of this is that the business model could eventually one day possibly change to a point where this isn't so outlandish. But it, right it, now, he has not given it enough context for that to be yeah, sensible. It's only outlandish now because disc media is a thing. If this was a digital thing, o- o- other than like... Li- um, uh, exclusivity and these other companies, yeah, and because competition a lot of is good, yeah, people get you know people get mad at, at uh, I don't want to say PlayStation players, but really they they do get mad at them. Uh, but people get mad that Spider Man's not on Xbox. Well, Xbox wouldn't be trying so hard right now if it wasn't for these kind of games coming out. That's true. Uh, so competition drives competition, and it, yeah, it, Xbox won't. Xbox wouldn't have bought all these these uh, companies are these, having to compete over these, here. Yeah, these developers. Yeah, they wouldn't have bought all these developers to fix the problem that they have in terms of a perception problem of exclusives in this world. If it wasn't for Sony going so hard this yeah. generation. Now maybe in ten years when there is no more disc media, it's all done digitally. Um, if that ever happens, then. I can, I can have platforms and that's going to be the weirdest thing. I could possibly see that a place to go. It's that's what I'm saying. Without, without companies, like if something is to happen to say Microsoft or Sony, and they pull out of video games and then the other two companies that, you know, that are left, they unify. And then that's, you know, you have con- you have a console, not consoles, but console handheld PC. And then everything is unified on every end where there's one big overarching market, maybe something like steam. Well, I can see that. 10 years from now only and 10 years may be the time mark but yeah i will agree what it basically comes down to is not even necessarily everything has to come together but once we're to a point where nothing and that's why i don't know 10 years i don't think 10 years is quite far enough out to where we're doing everything via cloud processing i don't want it i don't want it to be via cloud processing at all but my point being is if that was the real, if that was the world that he was talking about with this, and and everything was digital and it was all done on the cloud, and there was no reason, internet better course, be free. Then of course it would make sense to be a Netflix model. And then the biggest problem is going to be like this generation. PlayStation has decided to opt out of EA Access. What happens if in the future this is supposed to be how it's set up, but then one of the manufacturers goes, "No, this is bad for us business wise. We're losing out potentially because we don't quite know how the EA Access deal works." But I assume PlayStation didn't go that route because they were like, "I think they we lose out on the money that people would have spent the, the commission we would make or not commission, but you know the percentage we'd make on the back end of right. the game selling otherwise." So it's like. How do we pull that off, and what exactly does EA Access do in terms of Xbox outside of just make it look more attractive? Does it have, does it have any monetary gain to Xbox? We don't know. I mean, because so, it costs money, doesn't it? EA Access, you have to pay for it. That's uh, what I'm saying. Is I'm sure that I'm sure that you pay for EA Access, and then EA Access writes Microsoft a check for you know a percentage. But the, of, yeah, yeah, but still, the percentage would would perceivably be bigger if you just would have went and bought all those games individually that they would have made so they would have made more well, money oh yeah that's i don't it. know that's interesting maybe i don't know we don't know that business deal but this is regardless of this in the current market and and what i see in the next 10 years of the market this makes no sense and this is an outlandish statement without context oh. given to explain where he's going with this if he would have said i would like one day to see 
when everything is no longer on uh, local hardware and we're at, at a different stance and everything's digital and there's no more physical that games work like DVDs or they work like uh, buying a digital movie where you buy it digital and you can just stream it on, on anything and you just go and anything that has access to internet and can do it can stream it off of it but that's not how gaming is going to be and gaming is just a different beast than DVDs well, anyway so. and I'm not going to go as far as say 10 years because 10 years is a lot of time right now with technology so 10 years I, I don't think we can predict anything um, in where we're going to be uh, but I 10 do, years we should be into a we should be into a new era ostensibly the PS six i guess well I, i'm just talking it. about with general technology and the sure, way but i'm advance. just saying you think about it in the, in the frame of a console generation because it's like been what 10 years since the original iphone released and look at how far you've come like 12 years ago you had the razor phone and yeah. then now you have this which yeah. is something that we couldn't conceive in our like you wouldn't think about having something this small that could do this much yeah, but 12 years ago but the other thing is on the side of that, that's a nine hundred dollar phone, and it doesn't even make cost close to five hundred dollars. I mean, I say my razor was seven hundred dollars. Yeah, but my, but my point being, phones are very expensive. Console gaming is still in a mindset, and I don't no, know I know. I'm just talking about. Thing. I'm just talking about. It's. I'm comparing the I'm technology. Not to lose the force for the yeah. in this. I'm just saying that phones there's a competition for them because you need them in a different way than you do games it's everyday life and so all these things they do and they come out and it's it's, it's a very one yearly. highly escalated competition because of exactly. how there's the necessity ton. of them but even then i still think that 10 years from now is going to be a very weird place and we'll see if this makes more sense in a future setup but with the context given it sounds like a crazy man we'll go back to life. this the, episode 300 something <laughs> and we'll be like we were wrong you know it's times like this i wish i listened to other gaming menu uh, gaming outlets uh, more often like people who do podcasts um i just don't have the time and the energy to do it and it, i feel like it would be like we'd be too close to probably to accidentally copying someone if we did that without even the intention you know so that's why i just kind of annoy, ignore it but i hope that there's another it's I, either i wish we were just really big or that there's somebody else who's really big who says the same thing like this is a ploy this is all because i just want to know like i want bethesda to hear this and go oh no someone knows someone knows <laughs> and then are you, this, if you guys know this video is down for some reason that's why you know if you don't see us on monday you're not going to hear me say this but um let us know what you guys think and uh at episode 300 where i pull out my play switch x or whatever it's going to be called uh we'll, we'll know if i'm right or wrong play but switch, uh, uh, uh play soft switch x pro X. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> X Pro X. Got to have all those X's in there. Uh, new. But, the, the new Play Soft. God. But XL. I, I, I want XL. XL. That's where the other X comes in. The new. The new. You got to put new in front of it too. I did. Nintendo. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear new. But uh, you guys let us know your thoughts in the comments below. If you liked the video, give it a like. If you disliked it, give it a dislike. And I'm going to let Brett take it over for the Patreon members. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. We will see you next week. Thanks to our patrons, Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Mikey12, my name's Dan, Douglas Below, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Bellow, uh, Blake Popes, and Eduardo Palomino. If you would like to support us on Patreon, the link will be in the description below. Thank you, guys.